Welcome to the Habit Podcast, conversations with writers about writing. I'm Jonathan Rogers, your host. Trillia Newbell is the author of several books, including United, Captured by God's Vision for Diversity, and most recently, Sacred Endurance, Finding Grace and Strength for a Lasting Faith. She's a former journalist and currently the director of community outreach for the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission for the Southern Baptist Convention. Here's what Russell Moore said about Trillia and her book, Sacred Endurance. As a friend and colleague of Trillia Newbell, I can testify that the author lives out the message of this book every day. She is characterized by joy, exuberance, and persistence. That joy and exuberance come through in the conversation you're about to hear. Trillia Newbell, thank you so much for being on the Habit Podcast. Thank you for having me. Um, so your most recent book is about endurance, um, sacred endurance. Um, and at the risk of, I, I'm not, I'm not trying to. You're obviously talking about things that are much bigger than just the endurance that's required of a writer, but but I kind of would like to talk. I mean, the truth is, endurance is an important part of a writer's life. Um, and so, even though you're talking about a, a kind of endurance that goes way beyond that, it's, it's more important. Even um, what are you? I suspect there are some things you learned about sacred endurance that are relevant to the to the writing life. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so. Endurance, the book, is about enduring in the Christian faith, right? Uh But part of the Christian faith is work and commitment and tenacity and um, perseverance. And that absolutely, when I think about writing, Uh I've learned a lot about persevering and being faithful. Faithfulness is a hard thing when it comes to writing. I mean, think about it. You have to sit. Mm-hmm. And and be committed to something that people may not acknowledge that you will you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> I may not even read and <laughs> and 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 the rewards are so little typically not all the time mm-hmm. um so so in a lot of ways I can see the enduring and the unseen mm-hmm. in the mundane is really similar to the Christian life and um, enduring in the unseen and in the mundane, one day there will be reward. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's, a, you know, such, such a greater reward. Right. Yeah. But um, yeah, I can't see a co- correlation to that um, in the writing life. Yeah. I, I think, you know, one of the things from your, um, from your book, at one point you talk about the, you're talking about a, um, a, a relay race that, that you ran and that one of the things that helped you endure was knowing that there are other people who needed what you were bringing. And I, I think that's, that's been an important thing for me in terms of, you know, pushing through a uh, writer's block or whatever is knowing that there actually are people in the world who need what I'm bringing. Yeah. So in, in the book, I'm talking, I was a track um, athlete, Mm-hmm. And I ran in a lot of relays and and relays for those who aren't really familiar, you have typically four people who are running with you and you do have to rely on each other and you're cheering each other on. And it is about something greater than yourself. And for me, 
much of my writing is discipleship oriented. And so Mm -hmm. I am focused on and thinking about, okay, how can I serve the church? Mm -hmm. How can I serve people um, who I'm, I'm my readers? It's, it's discipleship oriented. So I'm teaching, um, instructing something like that. Okay. So I, I absolutely, what, one of the things that motivates me and keeps me going is knowing that in some way, my writing is serving others. It reminds me of the text in scripture that we get to comfort with the comfort that we've received in Christ. Mm -hmm. And so how God has comforted me, how God has been teaching me, shaping me, helping me, um, I get to do, not have to do, but I Mm -hmm. get to do, um, using the gifts that he has given me to serve the body. So it is a way that I can serve others. And so it does help me endure through long writing sessions and frankly endure through um, when I'm away from my family because Mm -hmm. there's a cost to writing (laughs) and yeah, time, energy, and you have to draw away um, from your family or community yeah. or something for a period of time to get yeah. it done. So, so thinking about others and ultimately thinking about the Lord that doing, whether we eat, drink, whatever we do due to his glory. So thinking about others and the Lord uh, enables me and, and pushes me towards continuing this, the task and of, of writing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, are you, I get the impression maybe that you're an extrovert. Is that true? You know what? It's so funny. Everyone thinks I'm an extrovert because I am, when I'm with people, I'm extroverted and uh-huh. I'm, I'm talking to them. I'm engaging with them. I'm, I'm listening to them, but I'm actually, have you ever heard the term ambivert? Yeah. Okay. I am an I am an extrovert insofar as I enjoy people, but mm-hmm. I don't get my energy from people so like an a true extrovert does i have to pull away so to to refresh Uh so that i can go and give again i see um so i yeah i'm not a true extrovert in that sense Mm -hmm. i am a little bit more introverted than most people would think i love to be by myself (laughs) (laughs) yeah i I mean mean, i can i road cycle for example i mean you can't uh, I so yeah, and I'm okay with being by myself for uh-huh. a couple of hours on a road. So that's yeah. that's an example. Of that. When yeah. you are on uh, by yourself on a road cycle, are you listening to something, or are you just is this just silence? You know what? I go back and forth. So uh-huh. sometimes I'm listening to something, and it would be music. Uh-huh. It wouldn't. It wouldn't typically be. You're not listening to audio books or podcasts or whatever. You know. I, I think I could now, but mm-hmm. I, I didn't start. It would be music typically. Uh-huh. But um, over the last little bit, when I was writing When It's Not Cold, um, <laughs> I wasn't listening to anything. Uh-huh. It was just experiencing the um, creation, the nature yeah. around me, and yeah. I wasn't listening to anyone. Yeah. So, and it was it was fine. It was refreshing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the reason I was asking earlier about whether you're an introvert or an extrovert is, um, especially you know, I, I'm I, I'm probably something like an ambivert too, but but I'm definitely not an introvert. And um, and I think extroverted writers, you know, you, 
or, or and, and every, I mean, I don't care if you're introverted or extroverted. You're writing because you want to connect with people because you you know because you you have this need. We all have a need to connect to people, and yet. Um, Writing requires that you that you be alone. <laughs> it's, it's this the weird tension of, of being a writer. I'm I'm going into my room alone so I can reach out and connect to people. Yeah, yeah, that is a funny thing. I um, a lot of my writing sessions, which even to use the word session kind of gives you a clue. <laughs> if I have something to do and it's a bigger project, a longer man, a manuscript of some sort, and not an article, right. I will often spend eight hours just going, going at it, writing Mm -hmm. after like by the, by the eighth hour, I'm, I'm so ready to see people. (laughs) Uh, I I am missing my family, but, but, um, but so, so it's an interesting thing. I, so I am not, um, I am okay with spending time writing by myself because again, I don't, I don't, get that energy from others, but I can, I do know, and I'm going to change it from writing, but just with um, motherhood, for example, I know that there are periods of time where you could, I've experienced or had experienced because now I don't because they're big, but (laughs) um, I I need and desire to see other people. And yeah, yeah, so I, I definitely can see how loneliness and, can be a part of that enduring in writing. Yeah, right. But I, yeah, but I, I, I haven't personally experienced it to uh-huh. a great degree. Yeah, yeah, I see. I always say um, the reason I can go down into the cave to do the work is because I know there are people outside the cave who need who need right. what I'm bringing. You know. Yeah, absolutely. And who are cheering me on and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so speaking of of uh, race, you know, racing and endurance. Um. um you know, when Paul talks about endurance, he talks about laying off, you know, how's he put it, uh, laying aside every encumbrance so you can run the race better. Am I getting, I think I'm getting that right. Yeah, every weight of sin is how my, um, one of my Bibles, the ESV says it. Uh-huh. So it, everything that clings close to you, you want to put off things that um, weigh you down. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, because the the race is, it's hard enough without the extra encumbrances, right? Absolutely. <laughs> and so... Um, and I, I was just thinking about that in, in again in terms of writing because I always you know turn these things around to writing, uh, especially for the purpose of this podcast. And um, and I was thinking about all the encumbrances that we add on. I mean, so much. I, I teach I teach grown ups uh, creative writing, and mm-hmm. I feel like so much of my job in doing that is not giving them new things to do so much or, or new skills so much as clearing off all these sort of you know the the uh, things that have piled up, the bad habits that have piled up, and the the wrong ways of, of and the unhealthy ways of thinking about writing, um, and so we end up spending so much energy on um, on things that we don't need to spend our energy on, and we're not saving it for. I mean, writing in best case scenario is pretty hard, you know. Yeah. And and then when you're spending yeah. half your time, you know, instead of writing, you're thinking about you know. Why is an Oprah, you know, going to call me for my, for a book for an interview or whatever? You know, there's so many ways to to you know um, take on encumbrances that that are unnecessary. Absolutely, um, for writers. Okay, so I do uh, nonfiction, yeah. typical 
typically. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, that's what I write. And, and so I am, and a lot of the things that I've heard writers that hinder their writing is actually things that are well outside of even the writing task. Mm-hmm. So it's things like numbers, how, where, where am I listed on Amazon? <laughs> Those things. <laughs> that, that way so, madness lies. Yeah. <laughs> and, or, or is my, is my platform big enough? Yeah. Yeah. Or, or, who am I going to get to to read this? Will I be published? Will mm-hmm. this, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it's these outside things that um, keep keep them from from writing. Mm-hmm. And so I think when it, that weight in sin <laughs> or or yeah. weight, it's not sin necessarily. It depends on how uh, you're focused on it. Yeah. But that weight will keep you from from using your gifts because a lot of times um you're you're listening to some sort of lie in the culture or mm-hmm. lie in the, your own expectations or, or or measures that will not they just they they don't matter in the long run mm-hmm. um sure they will they 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 will tell you something about sales or whatnot but they're are you being faithful is the question mm-hmm. yeah. and so and so those things i just really encourage people to try to not not think about especially when you're just trying to, to write another yeah. thing which i imagine um you've experienced as you're teaching writers how to write is doubt yeah. a lot of people are doubting their skills yeah. um they're doubting them that like they're filled with doubt and that's all of us yeah. <laughs> at, at some point sure you're gonna get to your writing and you're gonna there's you're gonna think this stinks why yeah. am i even doing it yeah. and and so we have to tr- trust the lord and put that off yeah there's always going to be someone who's better mm-hmm. um that's just and and the good news is we can always be growing yeah. and so we want to grow but in the middle of writing, that's not the time to, you know, <laughs> yeah. s- start s- succumbing to your own doubts and, and instead of trusting the Lord and continuing in. Yeah. Um, and so there, yeah, there's a lot of things I think that we can, that can weigh us down as writers. And another thing, which I don't know if, I don't know, is, is I'm going to use the word time and I'm mm-hmm. going to say it in, it's, that we can say we can listen to the false idea that we don't have time. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times busyness can be a a weight, if you will, that is a lie. Mm-hmm. We have time. I, I think about how many times you've scrolled through social media, or how many times you've hit that snooze button or whatever yeah. it is. So even if it's 30 minutes, there's probably more yeah. time in our schedule than we are. are we, we really um, are believe or, yeah. or really, yeah, there's just more. So I, I think that's a lie in a lot of, to- yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah. I know the, the, the question that I often ask people is, you know, what are you willing to give up? To, I mean, do you want to write bad enough to to give up another episode of you know 
on Netflix. Yes. And if the answer is yeah. no, if the answer is no, then the answer is no, and that's fine. But stop. Yeah. You know, stop beating yourself up about it. If, if you just, if you'd rather watch TV than than write, okay, that's fine. Yeah. No, I. This is something really interesting. But a lot of times, I'll have people come to me and say, "I really want to write a book. Mm-hmm. I really, really want to write a book." And I'm like, "Okay. Yeah. Tell me more." And so I ask them more, and then I say, and they, I say, "Okay, here's your assignment." write a thousand words. You can even send me them. Send me those the thousand words, write it. And almost every single time, no one does it. Yeah. Because yeah, because writing takes endurance, yep. because writing takes time, because mm-hmm. writing means sitting down within by yourself without anyone saying anything <laughs> and doing <laughs> the work. It just takes work. Yep. And so and so I I am so surprised by how many times it because and, and it's okay. Like you said, you everyone isn't called to write books or to be a writer or to do this work of ministry. Not everyone is called to do it. And I think that is totally fine. But if you are gonna do it, you've got to have a realistic picture of the of it. Yeah. And um and so that means sitting your bottom in a chair yep. or standing up in a desk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even better if you can do that, yes. Yes, and actually doing the work. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not especially glamorous doing the work. It is not, yeah. yeah. Well, okay, I'm going to switch gears just a little bit because th- there was an insight um, from, from Sacred Endurance um, that I – that really struck me, um, and that is about the word witness. And as you pointed out, I mean, it's I say an insight. It's I guess we all already know this, but I just I never thought about it. There's a there's a dual nature to that word witness. Um, both a witness is a person who sees something, but a witness is also somebody who says something. So the person in the witness box at the in the you know in the courtroom is a witness by telling something, but then everybody who is in the courtroom is witnessing you know, that person. Those people are the audience. And I, just, I know you weren't talking, you, weren't, you, you didn't have writing on your mind at all as you were talking about that idea, but I just thought that is so relevant and so important for writers to, to think about, that, that it's our job to bear, you know, to bear witness to the truth, to, to, to keep our eyes open to hear stories, to you know, to to understand information, and and to to be a witness, to be an audience to the life that's going on around us, as well as being a person who speaks out and and you know gives an account of what we've seen. Um, I know that's not a question. I'm that's but uh, oh, I'm, the floor yeah, is now, the floor is now open, <laughs> Trillia. <laughs> um. So yeah. So so as writers. We have, gosh, it's, it's, it's an really, it can be really weighty if we think about the responsibility we have. And, and I'm going to speak from the Christian perspective Mm -hmm. because I am, that's what I write. Um, From the Christian perspective, it's the scriptures even warn, not many of you ought to be teachers, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there is a weightiness to that when you're reading God's word and trying to share about it, um, 
there's a there's a weightiness there that we're we're witnessing to something right Mm -hmm. we're learning about god's word and then we're trying to be a witness to people um if that is what what you're referring to but that's that's the first thing i thought is just what the the weight of that and um of proclaiming what we're reading and it trying to interpret in some way what we're reading and teach others and to be a witness to the lord um it, and then of course if you're talking in reference to telling other people's story and yeah. what the responsibility and joy of of that like reading and hearing other people's stories and then sharing what what we are what we are reading mm-hmm. um yeah so so i would love to how to just kind of toss it back to you. How have you done that? I mean, you're yeah. a creative writer. What does that look like in your context? I think, I mean, a, a, a big, um, a big part of the way I think about this, this idea is, you know, I, I think that a lot of, a lot of writers see it as their job to somehow create reality, to, to create new realities or, or, uh, I don't know if uh, kind of invent. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? I mean, I, let me just say invent reality. Um, whereas I, I really, I really think it's super important that we see what we see. That right that we that we just look at look at the world that you know entrust that the, that the world God made is shot through with meaning. And if I just pay attention, if I just if I just notice and pay attention to the world that's going on around me. I don't have to exaggerate. I don't have to. Um, I mean, the, a a great starting point for for the writer is just to bear witness to what I've actually seen. But there are so many ways that we don't actually tell what we see. We tell what we think we should have seen, you know, or or we we dress up, you know, reality, or or, or we somehow, um, um, you know, work things around so that. Again, as I said, we we show what we think we were supposed to see instead of what we actually see. Um, whether that is, um, I mean, it, it, again, from a Christian perspective, maybe I I have have it in my head the way I'm supposed to think about uh, reality because because I have some interpretation from Scripture, um, and and when I look at the world around me, instead of instead of giving an, uh, a, a faithful witness of what I've actually seen with my eyeballs, I might tweak things a little so they, so they match up with some idea that I'm trying to, to get across. Does that make sense? Oh, so, so that's really interesting. So are you saying that sometimes when we are witnessing, um, it's, it's uh, skewed by our own interpretation, our no. own of what I'm we're saying, seeing? Well, yeah. I'm saying we bear false witness a lot. That's what I was. That's what I thought you were saying. Abs- well, I mean, sh- sure. Now, bearing false witness, <laughs> getting scripture and scripture yeah. is is really a lie, right? Right. So, yeah, and so and so, I I think writers should take that seriously. Absolutely. Okay. Especially, so that's especially to- Christian writers who are coming up with little illustrations to to illustrate some idea. Um. Yeah, it's it's so tempting to just just tweak this little news story just a little bit so that it makes my point better. Oh, ah, goodness. Okay, so in that regard, 
Absolutely. It kind of goes back to the first point I was saying. We will give an account, not many of us to be teachers. And <laughs> so if we are going to, we, it, you, you have to, it's weighty. It is so weighty when we're yeah. writing. And we want to be really careful anytime we're telling anyone's story, not to twist it to make it what what we want it to be. I I would I was a journalist uh -huh. and um I did I wrote for a paper, a secular paper mm -hmm. and did feature stories. And we'd have to be so careful to write down word for word what that person said, no matter what, even if it was made absolutely no sense <laughs> yeah right right you want you know you want to kind of help them out and share you know to, yeah. nope yep. you, you you share exactly what was said because otherwise it's not accurate reporting yeah. and and so and so there's there's two fold here we as writers have the opportunity to to be a witness and again i'm speaking of christian writers of the greatest story Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Of the best story, the good news, the the greatest and and most freeing and most grace filled story. Right. But the moment we add any of our humanness to it, yeah. it's no longer the a good story. Right. It's not the best story. Right. And so yeah. it's such a yeah, we just have to be very careful. So that's an interesting way of thinking yeah. about the witnessing and um, and that, as yeah. writer. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if you're a, a Flannery O'Connor reader, but she, you know, she was devout, you know, d devoutly Catholic, and and um, and yet her stories could be kind of dark, and and in her mind, it was her Catholicism that made it possible for her to look at the darkness of the things, of the, you know, of, of the world. In other words, it's God's job to redeem all this, and so I I can just uh, show the. One thing she said I thought was interesting was was that the um, my faith is not a substitute for seeing, um, mm. and and that is to say, um, you know, because she she didn't feel the need to, to to say, okay, I've got this story. You know, I know Flannery Connor knew the the big story, right? She knew about um, she knew the gospel. She she knew that that God was going to you know make all things new in Christ someday. Um, and yet she didn't feel the need to um, um, sort of rearrange every story so that it, um, so that it got to that, that final redemption every time. Uh, it, it was important to her just to sort of give an account of what she had seen with her eyes. Yeah. And to let the, let the, the, it kind of makes me think of in some ways, uh, the songs mm -hmm. where they're lamenting now if it, it typically does go back to praise and the Lord, but, mm -hmm. but um, there is a darkness and reality there that is um, sorrowful. Yeah. Um, yet always rejoicing, but yep. sorrowful and, mm -hmm. and, and allowance for lament. And really, I think um, it just, it, that's the reality of this broken world. Mm -hmm. And, and as storytellers, I, th I think it's important for us not to have to feel the need to always button things up. I yep. mean, they, things aren't buttoned up all the time. Yeah, sure. They're hard. Yeah. And, and there is a, a, um, yeah, those, the, that, that's the reality of this 
of this world. So I, yeah. I, I really appreciate that, that, yeah. um, and when you see writers who are able to, um, write in such a way that is raw, I, I kind of hate this cliche of real cause real has yeah, become right. kind of a cliche, Yeah, sure. but yeah, <laughs> but, um, honest, honest is a better word uh-huh. and honest, right. You know, where you see, okay, this is, this is the reality that we're seeing. Um, I think it, it draws people in. Yeah. Um, so yeah. we do love those love stories too, where everything <laughs> just kind of, you know, works out in the end. And <laughs> yeah, that's right. Happy Valentine's day. We're recording this yes. on Valentine's day. Um, well, okay. One, one more thing. I, I know we're running out of time and I, I really wanted to, I hope to spend more time on this topic than we're going to be able to. But, um, but when it comes to the idea of, of bearing witness, you know, of witnessing and then bearing witness, um, I, I really appreciate your voice in que- you know, questions of race in America. You're African-American, I'm white, you know, and, and I, I've, I've really needed um, your your voice um, in in some important ways. And there's, there's something I heard you say in a in a um, radio interview or, or a radio, actually probably an essay that you that you that you did where you were talking about the importance of us um, uh, white folks and black folks, um, you know, Knowing their shared history and not rearranging history, you know, for our own convenience. Um, and you said we can't weep with those who weep or mourn with those who mourn if we don't know their stories. Listening about listening, learning about them helps us guard against self-centeredness. And I know you're specifically talking about race there, um, and that's that's it, that's such an important application of this idea. It's also relevant in a lot of in a lot of areas you know a lot of other areas um but but i do i mean the the writer is in a position to to tell the truth right to to um to set the record straight um when it comes to um as you as you said somewhere the stories we share the history we share and so it, it, I think it's so important as writers that we not look away from those stories that we don't that are inconvenient for us or that, that make us feel bad. Um, and frankly, you know, the history of race in this country makes me feel bad. <laughs> and it's it's easier to to look away and and not bear witness to to, to things. Yeah, I mean, when you when we look away and we focus on our own feelings Mm -hmm. it is absolutely um it it all becomes about us and so it's a it is a self-centered kind of approach when we're thinking oh i'm not going to read that story because i don't i don't like the way it makes me feel yeah now that doesn't mean we have to expose ourselves to every you know, terrible tragedy that happens in the world. But it does mean that if we're going to love our neighbor, it is, it's probably good that we understand about the, our history or their history or whatever. And, and all history, obviously for African-Americans is not sorrowful Mm -hmm. and there's lots of joy, but the beginning of our culture country, (laughs) wow, is there, we need, there's a lot to, to lament and to be sorrowful yeah. about. And so we, we don't want to, uh, so often people will say, well, wait a minute, aren't we past that? Didn't we? And 
what, 1865 was when slavery was abolished? Isn't that just yesterday? It's, it's not <laughs> yeah. that long ago. Yeah. I, my family and I just were studying about people who were uh, born in the 1900s, early 1900s, who achieved great things. Well, one of those women in particular is still alive. Wow. And so, yeah, it's remarkable to think that um, that th- these are people who only, I mean, their 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 immediate ancestors would have experienced slavery. There is um, something so important about reading about and learning about the history of others, so that we can love them and serve them. And for writers. We, we definitely don't want to look away from these these stories. It, I think it, it only helps us, well, one, it helps us love our neighbor, which is the more important thing, sure. but it will also help us in our craft mm-hmm. in writing. If we can be faithful to to telling the, the, the real story and not um, yeah. Flowering it up, yeah, uh, yeah, but getting into the hard parts of every aspect of of those things, um, so that w- when we rejoice, then it we we can rejoice rightly. We know yeah. why we're rejoicing, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. When we understand the 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 sorrow or the plight or something of someone, and you see that they're they're enduring through pain or they're mm-hmm. um, the suffering that what. And you can rejoice when you can when you understand. Okay, this is what they've been through. If there is a, a time for rejoicing, there's a right. time for everything. Right. So yeah. it may not be the time, but yeah. it's really good and essential for us to understand our, our history. Yeah, and I think I think in a really important way, um, if we're better at loving our neighbors, we are better at the craft of writing because because that's that's kind of what. Um, I mean, I, I know there. I know there are issues of grammar and sentence structure that aren't directly related to loving your neighbor. Although I, I often make the case that that you know, good grammar is a way of connecting with with readers because you love them. But anyway, um, in in important ways, being better at loving loving our neighbors really is the same thing as becoming better at our craft. Yeah. Yeah. It really is in 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 so many different ways. I, <laughs> I'm really glad, and this is such a change of topic in a in a sense, but I'm really glad that you mentioned grammar as a way of helping <laughs> because, yeah. because I do think that sometimes we can think there that um, the more confusing or the, uh, the, the ignoring certain punctuation, mm-hmm. then, then that is most creative. Yeah, and right. so, and so, and so, yeah, it's a funny thing. Writing is such a funny thing, but, um, but if we're wanting to love our neighbor, we don't, that doesn't mean that we are yeah. always making them guess. Yep. So, yeah. <laughs> like right. what is she trying to say here? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. anyways. <laughs> All right, Trillia, last question. Who are the writers who make you want to write? Oh gosh, Eesh. I don't. I didn't. Uh, let's see. I haven't thought about this. Who <laughs> are the writers that make me want to write? Um, the same thing as who are your favorite writers? Because sometimes your favorite writers make you kind of, you know, not want to write. Who? Are the- yeah. So it, it's it's like one of those questions when you say, "What's your favorite book?" and then all of a sudden, 
you don't have any, yeah, you've, right. it's like you've never read a book before yeah, you're like, right. that's what's happening to me yep. at this very moment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I can't think of one writer. Oh my goodness. This is really funny. But, um, but, and I, I, I have people in my head. Toni Morrison is one. Um, oh man. Isn't she great? Yes. Um, there's a the poet that I can't, my brain is going, <laughs> this is hilarious. But there are, if, if you asked me not on the spot, I would have got, come up with a thousand writers, <laughs> but at the moment, my brain okay. is flatlining. Hey, I'll and tell I, you what, yeah, uh, so, Tony Morrison, you that's great. That's a great answer. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> All right. Hey, Trillia, thank you so much for being on the Habit Podcast. I've, I've really enjoyed talking to you. Thank you. And I hope we can catch up again uh, one of these days soon. That'd be great. Thanks. Bye. Bye. The Rabbit Room has partnered with Lipscomb University to make this podcast possible. Lipscomb has graciously given us access to their recording studio in the Center for Entertainment and Arts building. We're so grateful for their sponsorship, their encouragement, and the good work they do in Nashville. Special shout out as well to Jess Ray for letting us use her song, Too Good, as part of this podcast. Visit JessRayMusic.com to hear more of her beautiful songs. The Habit Membership is a library of resources for writers by me, Jonathan Rogers. More importantly, The Habit is a hub of community where like-minded writers gather to discuss their work and give each other a little more courage. Find out more at thehabit.co. This podcast was produced by The Rabbit Room, where art nourishes community and community nourishes art. All our podcasts are made possible by the generous support of our members. To learn more about us, visit rabbitroom.com. And to become a member, rabbitroom.com slash donate.